0: The age of Paterno looked nothing like the age of Aquarius, that rebellious time in the 1960s when a generation became enamored with the long-haired look made popular by the Beatles. Joe asserted his authority immediately upon becoming head coach. Penn State football players were not among those breaking from established traditions or openly questioning authority like their contemporaries, the anti-establishment hippies. Their new coach insisted on honorable behavior— Appearance-wise, he set the standard for short hair and for bad beards and mustaches. Shirts had to have collars. Wearing shoes without socks was unacceptable. Members of his inaugural recruiting class said that Paterno thought bare ankles in shoes was one of the worst looks in the world. When he took over his coach, it was traditional for male fans to wear blue blazers and neckties to games. Crowds were staid and stoic. It was considered, in bad taste, to cheer too loudly. A trend at the time was to put the names of players on the backs of jerseys. Joe would have none of that. Aeneas would never put names on the backs of his soldiers' uniforms, he reasoned. He maintained the understated look of the Penn State uniform until very late in his career. In the coach's eyes, it was all about team, not individuality. For Joe Paterno, football was a world unto itself— he even had groundskeepers paint a blue line around a football field to demarcate the boundaries of his empire. Once a player crossed that blue line, he was supposed to leave behind all distractions and give his complete attention to football. Outsiders weren't invited. Practice sessions were closed to the sports writers who covered the team. Those practices were pretty intense. Players said it wasn't uncommon for him to grab a guy by the face mask and look directly into his eyes as he was screaming at him. Practices were also filmed. A camera recorded everything that went on, ostensibly to see how players were performing, but Big Brother was watching all the time. Joe spent hours alone in his office at home, devising formations and game plans. He was so busy during football season, his family would see him only at dinner time then he would go back upstairs to his office to strategize, usually while listening to his operas. His game plans were conservative, and they were the same in his first victory as they were in his last. Play strong defense, be sound in the kicking game, and don't turn the ball over to the other team with fumbles or interceptions. Charles Pittman, a running back who was a member of Joe's inaugural recruiting class, joked that Penn State played offense only because the rules dictated it. When Pittman arrived on campus for his freshman year in 1966, 99 percent of the student body was white, and State College still had businesses that were segregated. Pittman and his roommate, the linebacker Jim Cates of Plainfield, New Jersey, were the only African-Americans on the team. The son of a steelworker from Baltimore's inner city, Pittman was a prized candidate for the Grand Experiment. He was the captain of the Edmondson High School football team, which never lost a game when he was there. Scoring more points than any other player in the state of Maryland helped land him a spot on Parade Magazine's high school All-American team. He was also a scholar, voted most likely to succeed by his classmates. Pittman entertained scholarship offers from Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Maryland. But he chose Penn State, even though Rip Engel was leaving, and Paterno was just taking the reins. To Pittman, Paterno was more of a life coach than a football coach. Pittman recalled a time at the start of his first football camp, when freshmen were subjected to the ritual of singing the alma mater for the entertainment of the upperclassmen. The older players were letting the new guys know that although they may have been superstars in high school, they were starting out on the bottom rung at Penn State. Pittman felt uncomfortable when it was his turn to sing— and Paterno sensed his awkwardness. He told the other team members, "'Maybe we'll save that for a later day.' It wasn't a pass. Everybody on the team had to conform to the same rules, and Pittman did sing some days later, after he had adjusted to his surroundings. But he was impressed that Paterno was sensitive to his feelings. "'He was a tough taskmaster,' Pittman said. He would yell and scream in that high-pitched Brooklyn accent of his and get into some guy's faces when he thought it was appropriate. But I never responded to yelling and screaming. He would put his arm on my shoulder and tell me to be the best player possible. He had a way with people. He was controlling, but all football coaches are controlling. I mean, we all voted to elect captains.